Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Westridge Podcast. My name is Julie Rape, and I'll be your host today as we unpack yesterday's message by our guest speaker, Pastor James Griffin of Cross Point City Church. James continued our teaching series that we've been in titled They Walked with God and focused this week on the life of Abraham. As always on the After Message edition of our podcast, I have some great guests with me today to talk through and take a deep dive into everything Pastor James communicated about what we can learn from the biblical patriarch himself, Abraham. But before we jump in and I introduce our guests, I want to encourage you. If you're enjoying the content of these podcasts, go ahead and download, subscribe, and consider leaving us a positive review and let us know how this content has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. So I am super excited to introduce my good friends to you today. Um, both are longtime West Westridgers. That is a hard word always <laughs> to say. It's, it's a tongue twister. Church. So Still we trying to change it. Yeah. <laughs> Kidding. Easy. Um, okay. So we have Jennifer Marblestone. Hello. Yay. Hello. And Kelly Jimenez. Hello. Good morning. <laughs> um, and it's so neat because okay. So I've known Jennifer. For a long time, and we met through our daughters. Yes. And then Kelly, we've known for years and years because really, I think extended family, because you've been at Westridge forever, your family's been ex- at Westridge forever, and then you guys have your own personal little mm-hmm. friendship for yeah. years and years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Everybody's, we always say that everybody's intertwined here at Westridge. <laughs> um, it's so not such a big church. It like really say, is. Right? It really is. Everywhere. That is right. So um, I want each of you to just tell me a little bit about yourselves. Like, what do you do for a living? Tell us about your family. Just give us a little peeky into who you are. Go ahead, Kelly. Well, I wasn't ready for that question. <laughs> Julie prepped us really well, and then she throws, you know, a curveball at us. Um, <laughs> so... I work here at Westridge, but I am a longtime Westridge-er. There you go. Um, so a little fun fact is that when I was a junior in high school at this school you might have heard of called East Paulding, <laughs> um, a friend, I spent the night with a friend, and she had heard of this new church that was starting, and we went at Vaughn Elementary <clears throat> School, and I loved it. So when I got home that day, I told my family, we have got to go to this church and it wasn't long after that we all started going to Westridge. So it wasn't until years later, I'd graduated from college, lived other places, taught for a long time, taught Spanish, and came home that I came on staff. So I work in our kids' ministry. I'm doing curriculum and small group stuff. Awesome. So stuff. That's stuff. It. Yes. Good work, because it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> that's cool, Kelly. I didn't know that. They came because of you. I love that. (laughs) I like to take credit for things. Well, (laughs) I give it to you. Um, Hello, I'm Jennifer. And like Julie said, I've known her for a long time through our daughters, uh, Mackenzie and Jade. uh, And a little fun fact about myself. Well, Julie kind of created a monster because when she gave us that question, I literally couldn't think of anything. And now I've got a million things to say. (laughs) So I hope Julie will let me share two of them. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Well, first, a little bit about myself. So um, I have been at Westridge since day one, first day, and it has been great. I am married 31 years and have two kids, and I'm a flight attendant with American Airlines. So these are a couple of fun facts about myself. I'm Filipino, and I love to dance. If you yes, know me, I we, love to yes. dance. But in my mind, I really think that I'm as good as um, Bruno Mars and J-Lo. I was going to say, I knew you were going to say J-Lo. <laughs> but I'm really not. I'm really not. She's and, good. She and is then, good. 
And then the other fun fact about myself that I realized the other day was all my favorite foods begin with P. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So let me rattle through them. Real okay. fast. Let's do it. Papaya, pomegranates, pomelos, popcorn, pizza, pork, pancit, and pandisal. <laughs> So there you go. There you go. That is interesting. (laughs) Only Jennifer Marblestone. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you want my fun fact? Yeah, please give it to me. It's not really a fact about me, but a friend sent me a text yesterday with a picture that I wanted to share with you guys that 23 years ago yesterday, I was sitting in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, watching the women's United States women's team win the World Cup. And I actually got to jump onto the field, what? Um, meet Mia Ham, and then kindly be escorted off <laughs> by the stadium security. So 23 years ago, that's yesterday, that's what I was Kelly doing. Kelly has a rebellious streak. Yes, Who knew? <laughs> I was only Lawbreaker. 17, so I felt like <clears throat> yeah. you know, I could do anything. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> and see how we're intertwined? I had Mia Ham in first class on a flight one day. There we go. See, I think world. Mia Hamm actually probably <laughs> thinks about Jennifer and I often. I'm, I'm sure. You know? I'm sure so she does. She's probably, probably had praying a huge impact on her life. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm super excited that you guys are here today, and um, I know we have so much good discussion. We're probably going to run out of time, but let's try. Um, okay. So in yesterday's message, James taught through Genesis 22, and you know what that meant? That meant that I had deja vu because the last time that I hosted, Paul had spoken also about Abraham, oh, yeah. but it was a different series. So. In that series, he was talking about the names of God and the attributes of God. And so we were talking about God, uh, Jehovah Jireh, being our provider. So um, similar, but I don't think I'll repeat myself because in this teaching, James talked about um, the story of Abraham, but looking at God's faithfulness to keep his promises and really the whole concept of God testing his children and what that looks like. So let's dig into this. Um, Okay, right out of the gate, James stated that Abraham, I, I thought this was so interesting. He said, Abraham risked more from, f- for God than anyone else, but he knew less about God than anyone else. And I had never thought of that. And I agree with him. Um, <clears throat> and when I think about that, immediately I think, gosh, he puts so much of us, he just puts us to shame when you think about the faith that he had, um, because... We know the stories. We live on the other side of history with, we know um, of a resurrected Savior, you know, and we still constantly struggle to trust God and to walk in faith, and and especially the immediate obedience that Abraham did. So how did you guys process this message? What was something that stood out to you? Well, I totally, excuse me. I totally agree with Julie. That statement, that was the same thing mm-hmm. that hit me as well. I'd never thought of that. Um, the fact that Abe knew less but risked more. To this day, as you guys know, baggage still sneaks back into my life. Mm-hmm. And at times I struggle with feeling that I know less and less. And a lot of times I feel like, oh, I have nothing to offer, you know, anyone, much less God. But that, that encouraged me. That statement that he made encouraged me. I say a lot to my friends that um, I rely a lot on childlike faith in my walk, 
And it's freed me to know that that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, that's completely okay. And having faith in God's covenant to us, it doesn't mean that stress just disappears or it doesn't happen. And that's okay too, as long as you keep focused and looking up. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I got out of that. That's good. How about you, Cal? Well, she brought up the stress, and that's probably what stuck out to me the most Mm is um, that obeying God can be stressful and that it can actually create fear and anxiety. Mm -hmm. I think I've wanted to uh, live in a world where when I'm obeying God, He immediately rewards me, or maybe not a physical reward, but that I am just living in this peaceful, Mm -hmm. like, you know, we can see, like, clearly I'm obeying God Mm because everything's going perfectly, or Mm -hmm. I feel. That would probably be more me. I feel perfect or good about it. And that's been a process for me of learning that I can be obeying God, and there still can be hardship that comes along with that. Yeah. And what does it look like to continue to trust in the midst of yeah. that? Yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that James <clears throat> said, um, just a direct quote, he said, when you have a promise from God, you can obey God no matter what God says you asks you to do. Uh, the promises are in the Word. Sit under the teaching of the Word. If not, you will hold God to promises He never made you or just remain ignorant to His promises. I think um, it's similar to what you were just saying, Kelly. The best example of that, which drives me crazy that people will say all the time, is God will never give you more than you can handle. And I'm like, yes, He will. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> biblical. Like He gives you more than you can handle so that you lean on Him and He gives you the power to do it. But um, yeah, so I definitely, that stood out to me because walking with God is not easy. And, you know, it's interesting for if anyone heard, I encourage you to go back and listen um, to last week's message or the week before Tim Grandstaff. He talked about walking with God, you can get wounds. And I was so interested in that. Like, we don't think about that. And it sounds not right, but like you can get wounded. That's all another topic. But it's true that there is still hardship and suffering and pain when we obey God and we walk in a godly <clears throat> lifestyle. We let, you know, to be godly is to allow the precepts and the ways of God and the word of God to shape everything that we do in our lives, you know? And that does not mean that we're going to live a life without pain and hardship. Um, one of the other things that he said, and this will lead us right into our next question. Um, he said, God is not in a hurry. <laughs> and so that just really, I really pondered on that for a long time. Because as James was giving a recap of the story of Abraham's life, particularly the part about Sarah and him and their ages and not having kids, um, he made that point that God's not in a hurry because he made the promise to Abraham, but did not fulfill it for 25 years. So you've both walked with God for a really long time. Um have you experienced that to be true of God? And how would you say that waiting on God has shaped your relationship with Him? So I thought on the waiting for God, you know, I, I was thinking about specific circumstances or if I've waited and then seen something, you know, come to fruition after the mm-hmm. waiting. And honestly, many things in my life, what I kept thinking are things I'm still waiting yeah. on. Um, and it kind of led me more to the thought of, um, I definitely still wrestle a lot in the waiting, and part of me doesn't want to admit that 
to you guys or the podcast, <laughs> the audience, or to myself because I, yeah. I, I kind of hate that about myself. Like in my head, I think, no, I should be better at this. You yeah. know, like I, um, I should be able to just some of those same things. Like you know, I love God and He loves me, and so we wait well. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I realize more is that in the waiting, I still wrestle. Mm-hmm. I guess I said that a lot. I question. Um, one of the things I question the most is the character of God, mm-hmm. and so. Thought that was really neat that in this message, James kept going back to what faith is, mm-hmm. you know, is holding on to the character of God, believing in his goodness, <clears throat> trusting in his covenant promises, mm-hmm. even when we can't see him working. Um, and I also have a tendency to feel abandoned. I, I would think, well, you know, you could fix this. Yes. So why don't you? <laughs> but you're not. Yeah. Um, but I would say something that I think is growth mm-hmm. is that I think I have more moments of resting in that wrestling. I think I used to get a lot more desperate where it was just like, yes. this can't be real or true unless God fixes mm-hmm. it right now. Or mm-hmm. unless, again, I keep mentioning this, but I'm a feeler, mm-hmm. you know, unless mm-hmm. I feel right in this moment, mm-hmm. but I've sensed that I can wrestle with him and then still trust, not constantly, yeah, but these moments of rest where I can go, you know what? I do believe you're still working. Mm-hmm. And I do believe I don't have to fix it right now. If it's doubt that I'm dealing with, if it's hurt, that I can just go, okay, guy, this still hurts Mm -hmm. and I'm still doubting. And that's scary to Mm me. But I'm going to take a moment and just rest because Mm -hmm. you haven't fixed that right now. And if Mm -hmm. you haven't fixed it, then I, what's my other choice? You know, Mm -hmm. like you're the one who's going to do the work. Mm -hmm. I believe you're still working. So I do feel like um, maybe I take a little bit more breathers in that, mm-hmm. and that's hopeful, right? That yeah. that, that yeah. could continue and and being able to do that quicker or with more surrender potentially. So yeah, yeah, I get that. How about you, Jen? Um, for me, I have quite a few stories for that question, but to kind of keep it sort of short, one billion percent that is true. Um, having to wait on God for quite a few pivotal things in my life has helped me be less worried about the what-ifs, whatever those what-ifs are, and just trying to roll with it. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get a little bit better at that. Um, it's exponentially, for sure, brought my understanding to God to a, um, a higher level um, of trusting Him and believing that I literally can't control anything. Mm-hmm. I really can't. Amen. I think yeah. I can, yeah. but I, yeah. I really can't. So why worry? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like it's a freedom that's hard to explain. It sometimes makes me think, hmm, I don't really care that this is happening, whether it's to me or other people. Um, But then I realize, of course I care. It's just, it's my faith in God that, um, that I realize that I don't, I don't have that control. So I'm just, you know, I pray about Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. do what I need to do. So, que sera, sera, for you young people, that means whatever (laughs) will be, will be. I mean, it is what it is, you know. Um, It also helps when I talk my issues out with God mm-hmm. out loud and sometimes with, with people. Um, and so if I talk it out loud and I know and believe it, so if refining and sifting of me mm-hmm. needs to occur, <clears throat> I definitely may not like it. Mm-hmm. It may hurt badly. I may cry through it every second of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't mean that I've given up on the fact that God knows what's best for me. I mean, he right. just knows. And in the end, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to trust that. Mm-hmm. I'm a feeler too, 
very much so. So I have to put my heart sometimes mm-hmm. on the shelf mm-hmm. and think with my head. And that's where the word comes in. Mm-hmm. Because if I use my heart too much, mm-hmm. I literally always crash. And yeah. Burn. Cause you can, then you, you can get deceived and think you, you must not be good Lord. Cause this doesn't feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you kind of can go down, spiral down that trail for sure. If you're not careful in, in, in the word. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. one of the things you said about refining, that's what I was thinking when I think about the, how waiting on God has shaped my relationship with him. One, I do think it produces a dependence on him for mm-hmm. sure. Like you said, Kelly, it's like <clears throat> desperation and dependence and and all that. And it's not always, you know, we have different levels of desperation when we're waiting for different things. But in that also, I think I can, I feel like it produces some self-evaluation when you're, mm-hmm. pro- when you're waiting for a really long time, then you're like, am I in sin? Are you, is there a reason you're not? Is there something, you know what I mean? Is there something you're asking me to do that I'm not obeying? You know, and so it's not just the longer you wait. At first, you're just frantic. And you're just, Mm -hmm. do it, do it, do it, do it. You know, please, 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 this has to happen, this has to happen, whatever. And then when you, it's a long time, you like settle down Mm -hmm. and you can look at yourself and it does help me to self-reflect and self-evaluate and, you know, confess sin and do some, um, just searching inward and things like that. Um, So this message focused a lot on the test that was given to Abraham and why God tests us and how we should respond to tests. And James pointed out that tests expose us, but that they are also meant to grow us. Um, So how about you guys? How can you think of times in your lives when a God-given test exposed areas in you that looking back now, you know he was using to grow you. Definitely. Go okay. for it, Jen. Oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, I thought about this one, and I'm going to share one that Jen and Julie are going to be able to see my face turn red, <laughs> which is funny because this isn't one of the deeper ones to other people. But um, when I went to college, um, my face broke out a lot. Now, I had I, I dealt with skin like in high school and things but it would always, my face would clear back up or it would kind of be like a time. Mm -hmm. But so I went away to a new place. Um, I was in Birmingham for school, all these new people, and my face just went crazy. I just had lots of acne. Um, And so this sounds very trivial, but Mm -hmm. it was a huge growing point in my life Mm -hmm. where it was one of those times that it's not what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I felt very insecure. I had never thought of myself as an insecure person. I really think of looking back, I prided myself on not being insecure. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. wasn't an insecure girl. I was who I was. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was interesting to see myself in that time frame of maybe not being myself, not being as um, social or friendly with people because I was insecure. I was yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it really brought me to talking to God a lot more than I ever had. Mm-hmm. And it had me spend time with him because I am such a social person mm-hmm. that I pour so much of my life and my energy into other people that that was one of the first times in my life that I started really spending time alone with God. Mm-hmm. And yes, a lot of that initially was just, please take this away. You can take this away. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts me. And, you know, why aren't you doing that? And then growing and just knowing him more. Mm-hmm. Um in waiting on him, um, and seeing him change me from the inside out. The thing I think mm-hmm. it exposed the most was how much 
I want other people's praise. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I want them to accept me and think that I'm wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think that's the way God's wired me. I think there's some beauty in that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, what does that look like for me to have my acceptance from God? Yeah. All those kind of things. So that was a, a time where I, I didn't realize it until a lot later. Uh-huh. That I had learned to spend time with him and depend on him. Um, and it's interesting when I think back on that, that seems like such ancient history. But it's also a thing in my life that God didn't just take away. Mm-hmm. And I, I still deal with mm-hmm. it sometimes, mm-hmm. not at all to the extent I did. But as an adult, still have dealt with, um, again, this sounds so silly, with my face breaking out. But so often if that happens, I know the growth or I have conversations with God about, hey, I get this. This isn't Mm -hmm. what's most Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. You love me. Um, This is a way where my brokenness, Mm -hmm. your light can shine through that instead Mm -hmm. of me looking all just right, Mm -hmm. you know, even Mm -hmm. physically, you know, Mm -hmm. like instead of me looking all just right. um, And that's the way I think I can represent Christ to others. His brokenness can shine through mm-hmm. me not looking mm-hmm. just right and may open a door where someone feels more comfortable with me mm-hmm. or right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Switch, by the way, her skin's fantastic. <laughs> okay, so I'm literally staring at it going, what? Well, in the last, <laughs> in the last well, we like, yeah. Yeah, we do five that. years, that piece has been... My face has been That's a lot yeah. clearer. So praise God. All you gotta do is turn all you gotta do is turn forty people. No big deal. Um no, that was good. And you made it so light. <laughs> oh golly. Go deep, Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's okay. Here go we deep. go. Yes. Here we go. Mine's coming. Deep. My deepness is coming. Um well, okay, so when when I eventually came back to the Lord after I'd gotten or right before I got married, and I really began a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Um I was definitely tested. Our marriage was literally in the toilet. We were trying to get pregnant and couldn't. And all I ever wanted to do was be a mom. Mm-hmm. That's all I ever wanted to do in my life. Um, as a teen, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I, you know, accepted Christ as a little kid and accepted him about 500 times every mm-hmm. week. And that was it. That was all I did. Um, so as a teen, I was very lost, flailing, just in the world. And I, Regrettably, I got pregnant and even more regretted, regrettably um, got an abortion. Uh, I had definitely convinced myself during the time mm-hmm. of trying to get pregnant <clears throat> that something had happened to my insides mm-hmm. because it was a it was a two day process for me during that time. And so I felt like God at the time was punishing me and that I wasn't going to ever be able to um, carry a baby. So between the marriage in, in the toilet and then that happening, um, why we were even trying to have a baby, I don't know, but we were. And so um, we did all the basic, you know, infertility mm-hmm. stuff. And through that testing mm-hmm. period, not knowing I was being tested because I was kind of baby Christian at the time, I um, got closer and closer with Lord, surrendered, surrendered more. And I finally one day just said, you know, to Michael, and he agreed, I'm done. I'm done doing all this mm-hmm. temperature and the, yeah. I don't remember the pill, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I really laid it at Jesus' feet, my shame, my guilt, um, just everything that goes with that. And just figured, we'll be okay. Our marriage will be okay. And we're just going to press on. Um, 
And when I really released it and didn't think about it anymore, Mm -hmm. um, on Mother's Day, Mm. believe it or not, 1995, (laughs) I found out I was pregnant with my now son, Nicholas, who's 26. Um, And it just, gosh, I felt so much was exposed to me Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, And I just knew that God knew that my stubbornness Mm -hmm. uh, was going to take me a minute to really surrender to him. And that was just, that was a really difficult time, Mm -hmm. but it brought me so much closer to him and Mm -hmm. realizing that the bad stuff that has happened in my life, some by me, some not by me, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that he's been there through it all. I just never looked for him in Mm -hmm. those moments. So yeah, that was a big test. That's a big yeah, test. That's that's really good. I I was thinking of so many different. You know, I always say this: the older you get, yeah, so, there's too so many much more stories. story. There's yeah. too many stories. Yeah. You know, just um, tests of being called to love difficult people. Mm. I, I remember this one person in my life was such a butt to me. <laughs> such watch your language. Like watch your the language. biggest <laughs> jerk ever. And I and God would just say, I just kept. Kill, kill her with kindness, kill her mm. with kindness, kill her with kindness. And she would just crap on me. Like she was just uh. so unkind and just, and so what I, what, kind of what he exposed through it, because I kept trying so hard. But in my mind, I would like, I realized I really made it about me because I had this deep need for everyone to like me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I'm like, what, why don't you like me? Right. Like I'm trying so hard here. I mean, so nice to you. And she just <laughs> did not like me. And, um, but it, it exposed that mm-hmm. in me. And then it brought me through a process to where like, then I really could see her brokenness and misery and she didn't know the Lord mm-hmm. and she, you know, just different issues. And I had no idea, you know, we, we have no idea what people have been through exactly. and what kind of trauma they're carrying. And so, um, yeah, I just think that there's been so many tests like that where he's like, it's not about you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a big learning learning experience with it's me hard giving and the benefit God-given of the test. Doubt. Yeah. It is hard. Yeah. So, and sometimes you just have to obey God mm-hmm. and be loving and godly even when you're never going to get what you want in return. You will never get it from some people, Amen. you know? So that's one thing. And then I think forgiving yeah. others that you have suffered consequences <clears throat> based on their sin. And we all have experienced that. Yeah. I think that's one of the toughest things, mm-hmm. the toughest tests to forgive, like really forgive um, when someone else's actions have, you know, and their sinful choices have affected you. So, yeah, those are definitely times um, that I feel like he's exposed things, but he has used it. It's been so painful, but he's used it to grow me, mm-hmm. um, you know. James talked about this yesterday, but tests typically equal some type of pain in our lives. And none of us says, sign me up for more pain. Like, I'll take all the pain. Um, We want to avoid pain at all costs. And James 1 tells us that we're to rejoice in the what pain produces. And that's what... We have James in the Bible, James yesterday. James yesterday <laughs> said, yeah, we, we rejoice in what it produces in this. And I, I get that, but I hate that, yeah. you know? Oh, I want what it produces, yeah. <laughs> but I don't yeah, want to go I, through don't what it takes yeah, to get yeah. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So, um, and he said, James yesterday said, <laughs> we're, we're just bad at trusting. And you had said that, Kelly, we're bad at trusting mm-hmm. God. And there's, 
just no denying that Abraham's immediate obedience and follow through, follow through obedience, because he could have halfway to Mount Moriah said, forget this, like, I'm not doing this. But it's such a great example to us. But now the wrestling. So <laughs> this is what I'm going to ask you guys. All three of us, and let's just assume the listening audience, we would definitely say God is not a liar. And we know that he keeps his promises. <clears throat> So why do you think that we struggle so bad constantly to trust him, even in things that are way smaller than what Abraham had to trust him in? Give me your knowledge. (laughs) Okay, I'll go. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, for me, for me, it's definitely the unknown. It's the unknown. So I just think, oh gosh, in those moments, moments, how much sifting and pain will I potentially need to go through? In order to um, to get where he wants to bring me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a black hole. Only God knows what's in that black hole. Mm-hmm. And I tend to struggle with being a bit of a fearful person mm-hmm. in things, which I don't like about myself. Um, so it can be trying at times and um, trusting and acting on that trust of God in those moments mm-hmm. is tough. Mm-hmm. It really is tough. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'll never have it figured out. Just each time a situation comes up, I just, I do the best I can mm-hmm. to think with my head and again, try to kind of put my heart a little bit over here, mm-hmm. but they intermix sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so you just, you know, you, you do the best you can, but mm-hmm. that's what, it, that's what it is for me. My fear. Yeah. I say all of the above. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of laughed when I saw you had written the the pain piece because where I am in life, that is for me, it drives me crazy that for me, it's like, it's the hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hurt. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes when we're close to a deep wound, mm-hmm. it's almost like our physical body mm-hmm. wants to do everything in the world to prevent yeah. Yeah. feeling that way. Self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And so things that I will, like I can sit with God and I know he's calling me to, or that I'm in agreement, you yeah. know, like I'm yeah. already to the place where I feel like I'm surrendered. Yeah. I can get up from there and go to try to walk those things out, and that twinge of pain will hit. Mm-hmm. And it's like I just – everything in me um, shrinks back mm-hmm. again. Um, yeah. And so some of that is being willing to let Him forgive me again or give me another chance or pour His grace on me. Mm-hmm. That's hard because mm-hmm. I, I think I should be able to perform. I should mm-hmm. be able to do what I told Him I was going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and understanding what it looks like to accept His grace enough mm. to try again, Yeah, you know, on what – on what we've agreed on. But I for sure think that thought of, I can also tend to look a lot at others. Like I definitely have experienced pain. Um, but, you know, if you do the comparison game, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, but it's nothing compared yeah, to what right. these people have experienced. But I've recognized in my life, sometimes that holds me back from yeah. trusting God because I'm thinking about how much it must have hurt for them mm. to go through such and yeah. such. Yeah. And I think, God might allow me to go through that yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've learned some of, of the side of logically, I can tell you, I know He gives you grace mm-hmm. for what you go through. Mm-hmm. So it's useless for me to be so scared that I'm going to go through that. Yes. And I don't think yeah. I can face right. it and I can't right. handle it right. because I haven't had the grace for that yet. Um, but that's still a process, yeah. right? A process. And it relates to what you said because I also want assurance. You know, I think if God told me you're going to hurt, mm. 
but this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And here's how it's going to be fixed and the bow's going to be put on Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. I want the assurance that he's going to make it all right to where I'm going to feel Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so sometimes when you hear the things like, but he's going to get you through Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and he's going to be there for you and knowing him is what's going to be the prize. Mm -hmm. I believe that in my head. Mm -hmm. But my heart shrinks back yeah, from it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. So that's so good. I um, gosh, I thought of a couple of different things. Like we know these things about Lord the Lord, but I think we have short memories. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of all the miracles, I'm very. It's, I hate when you say I hate this. I was thinking this this morning. <laughs> I'm like, I do not like this about myself. <laughs> but you know how they like psychiatrists or counselors would say like for parenting for every. Um, negative thing you say to a child, you have to say seven encouraging positive things. Okay. So, but I feel like I, unfortunately, God can do 99 things and answer 99 prayers, but the one prayer that he hasn't answered, that's what I'm focused on. Like, oh, I can't stand that. Mm -hmm. But um, that's what happens. So we have short memories. And then um, when you talked about fear, Jen, I think, because James touched on the fact that like, he think he said that, um, Obedience causes stress, and maybe it's a male female thing. I but I think obedience sometimes it causes fear in me. Yeah. Like we're yeah. so women need security. Mm-hmm. I don't like that black hole of not knowing. Oh, right. I want you know what I mean. And I can spin out. It's like I know you. I know you're trustworthy, but I really. Do I trust you? Yeah. Because I'm mm-hmm. freaking yeah. out right now. Yeah. You know that type of thing. Like literally, just a couple weeks ago. So interesting. This whole podcast. Literally a couple weeks ago, I had to admit to myself that I was way more a fearful person than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. Like I really thought that I'd surrendered and yes. given that. Yeah. And then little things would happen. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I am fearful yeah. and I don't trust. Like I really thought I did. And yeah. it kind of got brought up by um, another friend, Rachel Chandler. And I just like blurted it out kind of out to her and started crying. And I thought, man. As I get older at 55, I still have so much to learn and do and be. And I still feel like it's baby steps with the Lord sometimes. And I just have to say, he's not in a hurry. (laughs) Thanks, Julie. You're right. No Um, rush. Okay. So I want to present this to you guys. I was like, you know how in the beginning I had said, like, I've always, the story of Abraham has always gripped me. And I feel guilty because I feel like when it comes to your kids, like as much as I think I love the Lord and I think I'm devoted and I'll do anything, when it comes to your kids, I'm like, there's no way. Like, I am so far beneath Abraham. Like, I just can't even... The, the faith that he had. And so I kind of beat myself up about it, like I, that type of thing. But here's a little hope for us all. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Okay. So you know how James said... First of all, that he didn't, Abraham did not know God. And he also mentioned that he had so much faith that he thought, well, if God kills him, lets him die, he's going to resurrect him. And there was no bodily resurrection even in the history of the world yet. So where did he even get that idea? So I'm thinking through all these things and I'm like, okay, well, if he didn't know God, he didn't even know about Satan. He didn't know about Satan, right? Mm. Correct? I don't know. Am I crazy? I don't know, because even when you're saying he didn't know God, kind of, well, we had a discussion before this about words, and I know exactly what you're meaning, Mm -hmm. but 
Don't you think Abraham knew God intimately? He didn't have the history that we have. Like, I think that's the piece, don't you think, that James was yes. getting at? Like, we have a whole Bible written. We have the Word, we have yes. Jesus, and we know there's a, a devil in yeah. hell. And so I'm thinking— We have more knowledge. I just think—I'm I'm thinking we beat ourselves up with this, but God teaches us based on the context— Mm-hmm. Like there's a different, he lived in a different context. His world, his life was a different context than ours. Mm-hmm. If if I heard some, a voice in my mind, like pretend, saying they're the Lord, saying, slaughter your child, bound them, slaughter them, put them, burn them as a burnt offering, I would automatically say, Get behind these Satan. Right, right. That's demonic. Right. Um, and I would plead the blood of Jesus over my child. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be right. a different conversation. 100%. Because I just have mm-hmm. a different context yeah. and I know different things. And I know that Satan, um, what is it that Satan, what am I trying to say? Steel kills and destroys. No, no. He, he reveals himself <laughs> well, he as an angel of light. <laughs> oh, so yes. you know what I mean? I just thought we are, oh, yeah. we're really hard on ourselves about that. But yeah. there's just certain things that it's almost like if you have a child who's special needs or has a learning disability, and then you have another child that has a genius IQ, you're going to teach them lessons in different ways. Okay. Am I crazy? I no, just I know was, what you're saying. My mind was like going to all these places with this. Well, that's why it is so important to know the context of what you're speaking about and how that era was back then yeah. as well. Not that it was still, I think, Not that it was super, easy. Super no. I mean, it was him, but horrific, but... They did sacrifice all the time. You yeah. Know, think, and, and I don't know if you knew Satan, but... And I don't know enough about it to speak yeah. on it, but in my mind, I think he knew there was evil. I think, yeah. you know, Abraham, he knows, I mean, look at the stuff he did too, you know? So you think, okay, he had to know there was evil. I yeah. just don't know. I'm not a scholar of theology, yeah. so I'm not really sure what it says about that. But We'll let Steve answer that when he gets back. <laughs> yeah. We have Steve proposed Hill. a question. <laughs> and- <laughs> Good idea. Okay. Um, so James ultimately said if... You want to experience the promises of God, do it. Whatever he's asking you to do, do it. And if we're going, if we are to give something up, he said, let it go. Fix your eyes on Jesus and hold on. So when he said that kind of final challenge to us, what was stirring in your guys' hearts? Hmm. Well, if I could be brutally honest, um, several things popped into my head and then knowing I was doing this podcast yesterday, I was literally in talks with God all day. Mm -hmm. Like, can you just pinpoint one thing, you know, something? And honestly, I don't have an answer for this. Um, There's just a a few different things that are in my head and and I'm still talking to him. I'm still Mm -hmm. really trying to listen Mm -hmm. and be quiet and see exactly what it is. And maybe there's a lot more that he wants me to release than I think. So I don't really have a great answer for this question, but I'm stirring with it. Yeah. I'm stirring with it. Yeah. I get it. Sorry, Jewel. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Just being wrong. Real talk. <laughs> this is this is like us normally around the exactly. table with a cup exactly. of coffee. Yeah. Exactly. How about you, Cal? <laughs> Just funny because mine's opposite on real talk. <laughs> That's where where I went something, first. <laughs> yep. Something super specific, but wrestling with how to express that or, yeah, for for God to put in my heart how to how to express that. But um, I think immediately for me, um, 
I know when you said follow through obedience, mm-hmm. that was such a good word. I, did James use that yesterday? No, that was me. Yeah, I thought that was you when, <laughs> I, when I read so over In it, my but, humble. Um, <laughs> go, Julie. So I hesitate on many levels to, to share this, I guess. But um, last time I was on the podcast, I mentioned uh, my marriage and uh, my husband. This is our story and we're sharing it, but I don't know if you guys are similar to me. We love to share things like 20 years ago when I was struggling with my skin Mm -hmm. because I feel like I'm past that in some ways. But it's scary to share things you're still walking Mm -hmm. through that are very fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, So my husband and I have walked through some, um, I mean, just what deception and betrayal – look like. Um, And there were many years of that. And about three years ago, um, God brought my husband to a place of of having to share and then Mm -hmm. his heart being tender to Mm -hmm. begin to share um, on his own through through God working in his life. So in that time, um, God, you know, there was a step back and I didn't know I had never thought in my whole life that I would ever consider that my marriage wasn't what God was going to have for my for my continual future, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm, you marry once and that's what God calls you to and mm-hmm. you do it forever, no matter what. Um, but some of these circumstances, God spoke to me in a different way and I did have to step back and go, you know, is is being a single mom, mm-hmm. you know, what you, mm-hmm. what you have for me or are you calling me to walk um, in this? And I did feel very clearly after a time that God was calling me to my marriage mm-hmm. um, and to... Um, I've heard a lady say that it's not stupid um, to be a part of God's redeeming work in a mm. man's life, and I hold on to mm. that a lot. That's great, um, and it's been a huge redeeming work in my own life. Mm. I'm not just pushing that out, you know, on mm-hmm. on my husband. Um, there's been there's still a lot of junk that God's mm-hmm. dealing with. I've seen my heart in ways that that I hadn't. But I'm going to try mm-hmm. to get to the point here. Um, if I, I said yes to God, yes, of course, if that's what you have for me, I'm mm-hmm. going to step back in and I'm going to obey. Um, but the day-to-day of that, the day-to-day of that is mm-hmm. hard. And I feel myself pull back mm-hmm. often. I want to pull my heart back. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pull my body back. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to pull, like, my flesh comes in where it's like, no, this is not what it's supposed to look mm-hmm. like. And I deserve this. And um, I need to be loved in this way, so I'm sure things are different, and I'm sure the outcome's going to look like this. Um, and do you think God's brought me to a place of real forgiveness? Mm-hmm. But I have to struggle back to that um, many times mm-hmm. um, on my knees um, and just seeing—anyways, you just see the junk in your own life. But mm-hmm. I felt very specifically God calling me again to what it looks like to walk in grace, to walk with Him through um, loving someone that— Sometimes I don't want to, mm-hmm. not because I don't think he's lovable, but because I'm scared that I might mm-hmm. be hurt in mm-hmm. the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big, what does it look like to walk in that? And there's also a release piece of that for me because I see how bitterness grows mm-hmm. so easily or how I want it, my rights. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if this person doesn't do things just right, well, then it's my right to say, nope, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not in this. I'm walking away from this, whether it's physically or emotionally, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was very specific to me um, to say, hey, God, I'm trusting you, and I'm going to um, step out in faith in ways I don't want to by, um, I guess, loving or giving grace um, or even trusting mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the redemptive work that God can do in a person's life. 
And the hardest piece of that for me is that I can't see the assurance that God hasn't mm-hmm. said, I promise you that you and Varro are going to live yes. in marital bliss, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that every choice is going to be good, that mm-hmm. you're never going to be hurt again. But it did make me think a lot about the ram, mm-hmm. that Abraham yeah. did not see that ram yes. until he obeyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And he didn't even know. It's not even like God said, there's going to be a ram. Right. Yeah. And then he couldn't see it, he couldn't see it, but he yeah. was trusting there was going to be a ram. He had no idea what the black hole was going to yeah. look mm-hmm. like. Yeah. <laughs> um, so just being called to, to, I guess, a little bit of what I said earlier, too, it's almost for me a try again. Mm-hmm. Because you know mm-hmm. how you, you'll give it all to God, and then before you know it, man, you're carrying it again. Well, yeah. it's so, yep. I believe, help my unbelief, you know, moment to moment. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for just being so vulnerable, Kelly, and... I really appreciate it. I know the audience does. I just want to thank both of you for being here today and sharing your hearts. And we just talk through what we understand and what we don't understand mm-hmm. and what we're learning and how we're growing and things like that. And I hopefully um, people can relate to that. And I appreciate you leaning into this conversation. So mm-hmm. thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good week. Yes. And thank you to all of our listeners for taking the time to join us today. If you think others would be encouraged by the conversation, please share the episode or they can go to westridge.com slash podcast and subscribe on any platforms they're listening to. Until next time, we hope you have a great week. And as always, know that you are loved.